The Two Feet In podcast is brought to you by these sponsors. McGee Financial, helping folks make smart decisions about their money since 1993. McGee Financial, where our motto is, you can't predict, you can prepare. Want to be two feet in with your finances? McGee Financial can help you create a winning game plan. Call 843-229-2729. Angela Reed with Caldwell Banker is the answer for all your upstate South Carolina real estate needs. Find your forever home with Angela's help. Contact Angela Reed at 864-350-6670. Welcome to season two of Two Feet in the Podcast. This season we are highlighting inspiring women focused on empowering other women. Two Feet in the Podcast will explore ideas to produce you into action. This is your place to break down ideas, get a strong dose of motivation, and learn to live two feet in. Today is the day. Get up, get moving on your dreams with me. I am the coach, Heather Macy, and I'm ready to coach you. Lock in, let's go. It's time for your two feet in experience. Joining two feet in the podcast today is Hall of Famer Pearl Moore. She's an inspiring woman who is focused on empowering other women. Pearl will be inducted into the 2021 class of the Naismith Hall of Fame. She's a Francis Marion graduate. She scored over 4,000 career points prior to the three-point line. Pearl is a member of the FMU Hall of Fame, the Florence County Hall of Fame, and the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knoxville. What's up, Pearl? Hello there. Glad to join you for a bit. Pearl, I am so glad that you're here. Now, first off, it took a lot of work to get you on this podcast. And I know now for sure I'm one of the best recruiters in the country, minus Sylvia Hatchell, because I got you here today. Talk to us about what it's like to be a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, In September, I guess when the final one that I know of, which is Naismith, the ultimate, I really know what it's like to be a Hall of Famer because being that I would have been enshrined into five Hall of Fames. So I really won't know what the answer to that is until after the September 11th enshrinement. So the majority of us are never going into the Naismith Hall of Fame. A small percentage of the world are ever included in this group. Walk our listeners through what that entire process was like from the time they alerted you to the time that now you've been fitted for your jacket? Uh, Actually, when I got the call, I forget what day it was, a couple of Wednesdays ago now, um, I was surprised because I had no idea. I knew I was on the uh, nominee list, but I never thought it was feasible to get to that ultimate goal as people call it, the ultimate goal. But I was surprised, and when John Collin, he said that, he says, uh, I'm calling you from Naismith. And and I asked him, I said, well, what can I do for you? And when he said that you're going to be enshrined in the class of 2021. And I, I said, you got to be kidding me. So, And it was after that, pretty much on the phone, the rest of the probably until about 11 p.m. that night, from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., just talking to different people, including yourself. And I, and I just want to thank you publicly because you have included me on this journey. 
And like, like when you invited me to go, when you got inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knoxville, that is like my top 10 bucket list experiences. Like that entire weekend was so awesome, Pearl. And so that's what I think makes you so unique is that as good of a basketball player as obviously you were, the way that you treat your friends and the people around you is unlike any other. Where did you learn that and, and how was that instilled in you? I mean, my family's a big family and my mom and dad, they were great people. Still miss them to this day. You learned a lot from being around different cultures of people, different classes of people. If you stay with them one class, then you never know how you should treat somebody. So you go outside. And I learned a lot of it from being around different people. And so our connection goes to the Francis Marion days. What was it like going to Francis Marion then and, and now still living in, in Florence where your name is on youth centers um, and every time you turn around, you picture somewhere? What does that feel like being in a community like that? Actually, I try to shy away from it because I've had people ask me, well, when's the last time you've been to Pearlmore Center? And I said, well, I only been there a few times before the covert actually happened. And I was working, I uh, was a U.S. Postal employee, so I didn't get to go down as much because I think the, and, uh, the dedication of that building was in, I think, 18. I think it was in 18, the dedication of that building come, but I didn't get a chance to really go in it as much as I probably should because of the covert and the process that I was working. I was still in the process of working. Okay, so just so that we can catch our listeners up, so the pandemic hits and you have already retired. Walk us through that timeline. So now you're retired from the post office. The pandemic is here. And, and what's the Hall of Famers day, day in the life of Pearl Moore now? And, and if I got my timeline wrong, fix that for me. Yeah, uh, I retired December of 19. And uh, OK, that's time to travel, go watch some things. But like I said, the pandemic came up and it kind of slowed a lot of things down for the whole world. So you haven't been able to get out because I think the facility opens a little bit and still I'm skeptical to go in there because I don't know who's been or who's infected and who's been given the vaccination. So I hadn't really been in there. I did go up to do an interview there uh, last week, Wednesday or Monday, last Monday. But uh, it was locked and we couldn't get in. So we had to do the interviews outside. You wake up in the morning, retired life. Give me something to look forward to. I get up in the mornings, uh, get dressed, uh, ride my bike about 3.2 miles. I come back and do a little exercise. Then I read some scripture from the Bible. And then after that, I'm free to go run around a little bit, but not as free as I would like to be with what's still going on a little bit, even though we got a lot of people vaccinated now, I don't veer out as far as I would like to. Even I was scared to go up to Springfield <laughs> on a plane with all those people. And, you know, I just hadn't been around that many people since this uh, COVID hit. So what, what was that like? And were you masked up in the airplane and pretty much the entire time? Master coming into the airport on the plane, you had to wear it. 
and I'm not one of those people that try to divide things. I want to do as the procedure goes with. So it was it was fine. I didn't really like being close to anybody in there. The first flight out, I think there were some open seats, but coming back, it was like packed. Hmm. And it kind of made me nervous, yeah. It made me nervous. Okay, so did you fly with Coach Hatchell and then tell us your best Coach Hatchell back in the day coaching you story and then Coach Hatchell's best current day story? Okay, uh, no, she did not fly up with me. They, I didn't leave until Saturday and they left on Friday. And my best coaching story from Coach Hatchell, I was warming up for a game. And, you know, we always had shoes that she would buy. We had Nike. And I had another pair that was suede Convos. And before I had a chance to go back to the locker room to change, the officials called us up for the, uh, whatever they did with uh, calling of the game to talk to each captain and whatever. And I didn't get a chance to switch those shoes before the buzzer went off to go. So I didn't get the start. <laughs> but it was fine. I didn't mind that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I broke a rule, so, you know, I didn't get a chance to go back and change them, so I was fine with it. But it didn't take long to get in the game, but, you know, that was <laughs> just what I had to go through. <laughs> and it was also a trip that we were going, I think we were going to Clemson, or Columbia College wanted to play, and I forgot my shoes. So we were on Palmetto, and I said, Coach Hatchell, I forgot my shoes. So we stopped at PD Sporting Goods at that time and I had an account there. So I went in and just got a pair of sneakers and came out. I told them I had been and we'd go into a game. Came out, they put it on my bill and she thought I had charged it to Francis Marion. I said, no, I have an account there. <laughs> <laughs> well, th those were some funny things, you know. Okay, so I'll never forget your mom telling Coach Hatchell, you know, Pearl can't play when she's hungry. Yes, that's another one. Well, you know, we didn't get much back then as far as, well, it didn't cost a lot to go to school. And of course we had Pell Grants and whatever other grants. And uh, I think I didn't get a, a meal ticket until my senior year in school, my senior year. And my mom called, she said, I can't be giving you no money like this. You playing basketball, they should be feeding you. Uh, so she called Sylvia and she said, well, just as you said, Pearl can't play basketball hungry. And I think within a couple of weeks, I had a meal ticket. And uh, a Coach Hatchell and Coach Mormon were the first two people that ate off of it with me. <laughs> yes, that's exactly true. I forget all about that one. Yeah. My time at Francis Marion and hanging out with you guys was some of the best times of my life. And mostly because y'all helped raise me in this. So you telling me that story, I was a 26 year old head coach and you guys telling me that story, I've never forgot it. I'm like, they can't play hungry. And so, you know, if we have to decide where we're gonna spend our money, we make sure that these kids down here eat. Uh, Cause I want you to share about uh, Bird and the, the rolled up cake. Do you remember that story? <laughs> I remember them telling me, but when I was uh, in between those lines, I didn't hear anything. That was my best place to be, was be on the basketball court between the lines. I never knew what happened outside those lines. But they would tell me about 
my AAU coach, Brenda Bird, rolling up that. I think at that time we were playing University of South Carolina, and she would say that. And then Karen Leatherman, who's another good friend of mine, she would say uh, that Pam Parsons, that was coach of South Carolina at the time, had a megaphone and they would be yelling at stuff. But the things that were off the court were off the court. If you wasn't on the court, I didn't know what was going on. So you scored 4,000 career points without the three-point line. Pearl, in current day, 1,000 points get celebrated and it makes you elite. You scored three times the amount of that. Tell the athletes that are listening right now your motivation to score that many points. Well, starting out, I didn't look at just scoring. The main objective to me was winning. And if you got to score a lot, you got to score a lot. But it was seemed like it was an easy flow thing for me. It wasn't just from shooting. You had to rebound. You had to play defense. A lot of it came from steals, second chance points, and breakaways. But it was just the thing that not wanting to lose. And if you got to score a 60 points in a game, then you got to score 60 points. And you may not know that you scored 60, which I did in a um, national, uh, when we had nationals at Francis Marion, I didn't know I had 60 points. I don't think I played about six or seven minutes of the game, but I didn't know that I had that many. I think they said I had like 35 shot attempts, but I don't remember that either. And like 10 rebounds or a few assists, uh, quite a few assists and, and and still did that. When you get out there, for me, I played. And winning was the ultimate goal. Mm, what a message for all the young players. Okay, Pearl, it's time to jump on the two feet in hot seat experience. You're in your most favorite hotel. You're headed to another Hall of Fame. You get onto the elevator of that hotel. You hit the button to the 34th floor. Or for you, it should be the penthouse. And you're headed up to the penthouse. And right as the elevator door closes, the person gets on and this person needs you today in less than the ride up to the penthouse. Give this person a quick pep talk and explain your life. First, I'd say that I, my whole family were athletically inclined and we going up. And if you decide that you want to be in athletics or play basketball, then you got to be, like you said, your show is two feet in. But don't veer off from anything. If you're going to work at it, you got to put your every effort that you want inside this so you can be the best that you can. And we're still going up. And don't cheat yourself out of anything. Don't cheat anybody else out of anything. Make it your whole soul to be doing what you want to, even if it's not in sports. In all your life goals, just, just work hard at it. Actually, my I was thinking about something the other day when my sister and brothers, they used to call me try hard. And maybe there was a reason. This was like when I was like 10 and 11. And maybe try hard was a good nickname because I try hard in everything that I did, even in my jobs. And what would be your greatest faith over fear moment? Not passing out when I get up then Naismith and September 11th on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do a 10-minute speech. <laughs>
Well, let's think. This that is your warm up idea. for your Nate Smith speech. This is your warm up. This is a great warm up. Yeah, it is. It is. Cause I hadn't done it in a while. I really don't care about speaking. If I gotta do anything, uh, just let me play. And if somebody else has got to go get the hardware accolades, I'm fine with it. All right. So let's tell some stories now. Transitioning into story time. Give us your greatest faith over fear, but tell us a story around younger self, older self. What's your younger version versus your current day best story? My younger version is I, I don't think I had any fear. I, I really don't think I had any fear of playing the game of basketball. I had no fear. But now my fear would be actually going outside. <laughs> going outside. There's so many things going on in this world now that you have to look around you every second almost because we just had a, a special bulletin of the day of somebody getting killed. Now, those are my fears. You had no fear back then. At least I don't think I had any fear. But now you're fearing uh, uh, even going outside your door and getting in your car to ride. All those things now was nowhere around when I was younger. 30 or 40 years ago. What about a lesson that you learned the hard way that you would like our listeners to, hey, learn from my experience. Don't make the same mistake. Only one I can think of probably is when I was uh, my last semester in school at Francis Marion. I got drafted by the Women's Basketball League and they told me if I come on in uh, December or just drop out of school in December, they would pay for me to go to summer school. A decision I'm glad I made. I chose to finish my degree because the league folded and they wasn't able to pay for the finishing of my education. Yeah, that's a big one, Pearl. Wow, what a lesson that is. And we wanna do some rapid fire questions with you right now. Okay, so lock in and let's go. Two feet in, quick style question. Give us your best quote work hard, cherish every moment you have right now because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't think I'm like the Lisa Leslie's and all of these people that women and Nate Smith or I just don't think I'm all of that. I just want to be me and subtle about it. Don't boast it or anything, but that's how I've always been. Your humility level's real, and that's why you impact your community like you do. Give us a key to habit stacking or creating a routine that really works for busy people. Prioritizing is really going to work for busy people, especially if you got kids, and which I don't, so I can easily prioritize myself. Because I didn't feel that good this morning when I got up and uh, during the course of the night, and today was just a sluggish day for me. I was hoping that I would feel better to get on this with you. And it did slack up a little bit, but I, I still don't feel that well. But prioritizing, I my days are like getting up. If I don't have to take a family member to a doctor or anything, because I'm Uber now, unpaid Uber, but glad to do it. I'll take somebody to a doctor's appointment or whatever. If that's not in the schedule, then I get up. I like I said, I ride my bike, come back, exercise a little bit, do my scripture, drink some coffee. And then that's the major part of my day. 
you get one phone call to whom and why. This would sound so strange, but if I had one phone call to make, I would call my mother and father, and you know I can't do that. My mom was alive, but she didn't make it to the trip in Knoxville, and they both are deceased now. And uh, to let them know, not that they don't know, but to let them know how blessed I feel and that my Father in Heaven is blessing me daily still yet. Thank you, Pearl. Give our listeners your final thought to take it home. Glad to be going in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Not that I was looking forward to it, but sometimes your work in whatever situation you're in, whatever job or sports or whatever, you know you did well and you may not feel that you're going to do the things that you did. But like I said, I was a blessed young lady and I'm still being blessed daily by my father in heaven. Thanks to our guest and friend, Pearl Moore, for being a part of the Two Feet In experience. Our first Naismith Hall of Famer on the podcast. Visit the show notes to learn more about Pearl and to reach her directly. That's been Naismith Hall of Famer, Pearl Moore, on season two of Two Feet In the podcast, where inspiring women are focused on empowering women. Thank you for locking in. Now get up and get moving towards your dreams. Remember, I'm two feet in with you in all ways, always. A big thanks to all of our guests and our sponsors for breaking down ideas, giving us a strong dose of motivation, and helping us learn to live two feet in. Thank you, Pearl. Uh, you're welcome, Macy. I want to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been connected with their team for the past few years, and I've used their products for a while now. Beyond their innovative and user-friendly machines, they are also tremendous people to work with, and their customer service is off the charts. It's no wonder why they become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and even world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com or drdishbball on social media. And mention Two Feet In when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off your purchase.